The Industry Cosign Podcast returns once again. This is the ABC, the amazing Big Said. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) We're back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I have two other young gentlemen with me. Young, thank you. That was just for, you know. (laughs) I'm younger. (laughs) That's for the sake of, you know, talking in comparison to Moses. We got it. Thank you. Thank you. um, We have my co-host. Kurt Sparks. How you doing? And we have our guest. Tony Dofat in the building. Not just Tony Dofat. The Tony Dofat. You're damn right. The amazing Tony Dofat. Mr. Dofat. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure we're going to have an interesting conversation because we're all interesting people, minus Kurt. Thank you. (laughs) Kurt just says interesting things but doesn't realize it's interesting (laughs) until he says it. His his interesting ends up being dumb, (laughs) but interesting to us because it's just interesting. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. (laughs) But when it comes to legends in the game... I'm here, and <laughs> so is Tony Dofat. My God, Kurt just started, so you know he thinks he's a legend. But, you know. <laughs> but okay, Tony Dofat. Yes, sir. How's everything going? Everything's great, wonderful. I can't complain. Cannot. That's good. That's good. I want to know your views on the music industry nowadays. The music industry today. Um, yes. Uh, I would say probably seventy-five percent of it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get that evil laugh out. <laughs> That's just his views, my ladies Dr. and gentlemen. Evil. Nah, yeah, to, to keep it real, yeah. My nah, views, lot, my views of, is 85%, but go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of it is, is um, <clears throat> coming from, I mean, I, I don't listen to music as a consumer uh, as much because of my 27 years producing records. So it's hard to just listen as a consumer and, and say, oh, I would buy that record or this or that. So when I listen to it, I kind of critique it a lot and... I notice everything is cookie cut and everything sounds microwaved and there is no originality in any, I mean, most of the music that I hear today. And miraculously, it's selling. Well, not selling. People don't buy records anymore. But it is streaming, which <laughs> does not count I, I in my book because a stream can be played out of curiosity. Like, Yes. You know, I want to hear how whack this record sounds. It's almost like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, somebody said, ooh, smell this, it stinks. And you smell it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> or taste this, it tastes bad. Mm-hmm. So it's like that, oh, this guy is whack. Listen, and you listen to it, and then you just get a stream. And they try, and well, they're not trying, but it does count for uh, a, a sale. Right. Um, which I, I don't believe. <laughs> yeah. It's like a like. A stream is like a like. And that's what. Um, Sadly, it's it's not a and I say a download is a sale. I understand because someone actually purchased a song for ninety nine cents, so you should get a sale. But streams should not count as a sale, right? And that's my whole view about music today. And now people are going platinum with trash, and they're saying, "Oh, I'm platinum now," but your record is garbage, and <laughs> you should not actually be platinum. Now, how'd you get into production? Like, like what what was your early beginnings of getting into the game? Actually, I don't mean to cut you, but just just give us a brief history of who you are, so the the few people that don't know why we're talking to you, okay, and then um, then you can go into what Kurt okay. just asked. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I started in uh, 90, 91, 92 with uh, with Puff with Bad Boy, and uh, Puff and I produced records from the beginning. 
of uh, you know the golden era of the um, early '90s. My first project was Mary J. Blige, was the 411. Uh, also, at the same time, simultaneously, I put out the group Rough House Survivors, and then you know what's the four, uh, you remind me was my actually my first release, and then that blew up. And um, from then on, I produced Queen Latifah, Black Rain. Um, I produced uh, Heavy D, Blue Funk, and, and uh, Will Smith, Jodeci, uh, Tina Turner. And the list just goes on and on. And here I am, uh, 170 songs later, I'm uh, sitting here in front of Big Set. Yes, sir. <laughs> and Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Dofat was making that Will Smith money when Will Smith was Will Smith. And I'm looking through my discography now, so I've done so many songs that I don't like to think about the past because if I look at the past, then I'll get comfortable. And I like Count to stay money. on my grind. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't. So I'm looking at like the, the work that I've done, and I'm looking at I'm on the uh, 8 Ball MJG Lost album, AZ, Baby, Bell Div, Biv DeVoe, Black Rob. Uh, Brian McKnight, Carl Thomas, Champ, MC, Cheryl Pepsi Rally, Christopher Williams, Making the Band. Oh, yeah, I was on the band show, Making the Band show. Damian Hall, Elder Barge, Eric Gable, Father MC, Heavy D, Heavy D, Heavy D. I did 33 Heavy D songs. Wow. Ja Rule, uh, Keith Sweat, Lorenzo, Matt Cobra, Mary J. Blige. I did a lot of that. McGruff, uh, let me keep going. Monifa, Method Man, uh, Montel Jordan, Notorious Big. I keep forgetting all the good stuff. Uh, what else? Uh, Shinehead, Soul For Real, Tina Turner, Vanessa Williams, and Winans. Who would you enjoy working with the most? <laughs> uh, of course, Heavy, Heavy D. D. <laughs> That's right. That's right. This is the first time I actually read off my full discography because I never have anything on, on, on hand when I do interviews. And I just kind of read off a lot of the artists that I worked with. And I'm like, wow, I did a lot of work. How would you begin working with Hev? Uh, well, have were ch- we, we were childhood friends since uh, nine years old. His older brother, brothers and sisters were friends with my old, older brothers and sisters, and he he would come over to our house with them. And I, you know, I, since I was the youngest and he was the youngest as well, we used to just hang out, and that's how I met him. And then uh, before I know it, you know, he 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 uh, had a record out like years and years and years later. When I was uh, still in uh, high school, I believe, and um, he put a record out and it blew up. And from then on, we were still friends. But you know, he was. Uh, this was uh, the late '80s, and he was on the road, and I used to see him all the time. You know, in passing, say, "Hey, what's up? What's up?" And you know, and then I got on myself. And before I got on, he used to, you know, help me. He used to encourage me and inspire me. And he knew that I made beats, and he would say, you know, keep working at it, keep working at it. He even gave me some CDs to sample from and say, hey, listen to these records. These these records have good good uh, sounds and vibes to it. So I remember he gave me, like, Motown Christmas collection mm. and all of those records, and I listened to them, and I sampled. And next thing I know, I'm working uh, with Puff, because Puff just started at the same time as well. So we both started together. And then after we did the Mary album, then uh, Andre Harrell said, you know, I want you to executive produce Heavy D's album. And then Puff hired me to produce Heavy D. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny that we were friends and I didn't get on uh, on the Blue Funk album just because of friends. I got on because I earned my way and probably did 20 songs before I even got to it. 
and then we did the uh, critically acclaimed Blue Funk uh, classic hip hop album by Heavy D, and that was our first time working together. Well, I and, think my favorite track off of that Blue Funk album is Love Sexy. Oh yeah, Love Sexy side. Yeah. I, lo- yeah. I mean the the the, the whole thing. I, my favorite song actually is the Pete Rock one, Blue Funk. Mm. I like that one. I like that beat and uh, the sample he used and. And everything. I love the snare drum. I love everything about it. And the girls singing la 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 la. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that's my favorite favorite song actually from that. And then um after that everything was just uh you know then uh, Puff and I had that relationship because of Puff 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 is from Mount Vernon as well. So you know everyone from Mount Vernon we we kind of knew each other before we started working together. That's always been a toss up. Is he from Mount Vernon? Is he well, from no, Harlem? Well, no, he's from Harlem. He was he was born in Harlem, but he's from Mount Vernon. Vernon. He just happened to be born in Harlem. Yeah, then they moved up there when they were very young. Like the thing about the thing about think about it. We had this conversation a little while ago um, with someone else, and they said, um, "Oh, actually, with the label from Jamaica, uh-huh. and they said that have you know have was born in Jamaica and he came here, but he always repped Mount Vernon. Mm. Said I'm from Mount Vernon." Mm. Instead, he never said, I'm, Jama- I'm from Jamaica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Carmelo Anthony. He, he, he grew up in, he was born in New York, but he grew up in Baltimore. Yeah. Michael Jordan was born in Brooklyn, but grew up in yeah. um, North Carolina, or wherever he grew up at. I think it was North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina. Uh, well, he went to school in North Carolina. I mean, I, I laugh because, like, you know, P- Puffy wants to claim his Harlem roots because, you know, he's he really, really has Harlem roots. So there's no problem with it. But I understand that, like, I say he's from Mount Vernon because that's where, you know, like, I live in Jersey now. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I'm from the Bronx. Yeah. I'm from the Bronx. I lived yeah. in Harlem. I live in Jersey. But I'm from the Bronx. So. Yeah. Puff, you're from Harlem. Okay. <laughs> Peace to Puff. What's up, Puff? So was it easy working with Hev, being that you guys already had a, a friendship? Oh, well, not really. <laughs> we, you know, so ironic. It's so funny because uh, we always talk about it. He, he's the first to say, and Olivia used to hang out with both of us all the time, and she would see that we would fight in the studio all the time, but at, at the end of the fight, the song would be great. <laughs> he would want to do one thing, I would do another. We would tug back and forth because don't forget, we lived together too. Oh, okay. We lived together. We we lived in two houses together for a few years. Mm-hmm. So it was like we knew each other in and out, and we would go to the studio, and he was like, oh, I don't like your vibe today. <laughs> it was like, oh, and he would walk out, and you know, but we would know each other, but at the end of the day, we would, we would make great music, and we ended up making uh, probably 30, yeah, no, I, 33 songs to be exact. Songs. Yeah, that's like. Is that thirty three total or thirty three that was put out? Oh, thirty three that was put out. Okay. Wow. No, we did probably a hundred. One hundred and seventy. No. Yeah, <laughs> the thirty three nice. put out because I did the um, Blue Funk. I uh, I did the whole Waterbed Have album. I did the album after that called Heavy that was on Universal as well. Then I did um, the uh, the uh, Vibes album, yeah. and then his last one. I only did one song on. Um. Uh, yeah, I did one song on that, but featuring Carl Thomas. Mm-hmm. That that song was actually was real dope, and I think Carl still wants to put it out on his album, new album that he's doing now. So I was about to say, I haven't heard from Carl Thomas in a while. Oh yeah, Carl is very talented. Yeah, I've, I've, it's so funny. Um, just just it, it's funny because like I, I always tell people like you know the relationships I have with people like it's always random, and since you mentioned Carl Thomas, I remember when I met. Carl Thomas. We used to hang out with Hakeem from Channel Live. Oh. <laughs> they used to be smoking, whatever, whatever. We hung it out. We hanging out. 
And then I see this video, and I'm like, he looked familiar. <laughs> and I didn't. And at the time, I didn't put two, I didn't put two and two together. And I'm like, wait a minute. Next time I saw him, I was like, yo, that's. He's like, yeah. I was like, but I was like, never mind. I'm like, yo, nice song. Blah 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 blah. But it, it's just so funny how like. Yeah. That just came to mind when you said Carl Thomas. So yeah, yeah. sorry for deflecting the attention away from Tony Dofat. Carl, <laughs> Carl is very, very talented. Very yeah. talented guy. Yeah, very cool too. Yeah, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So, um, <laughs> what, what, what is it that you enjoy about the music industry outside of making money and creativity? <laughs> but what, what do you like about the music industry that you're still involved? Because we know a lot of people either get burnt out. We yeah. know people don't want to do it anymore. And you know, we always yeah. hear people like, oh, "I'm not fucking with it anymore." What makes yeah. you stay involved in the music industry? Because I love music. Music is, is my life, pretty much, and I already um, established that. And I feel that I peaked, but I still have a lot to contribute and offer. And I, I want to make a change with uh, the state of music today. Is not in a, in a, I, I believe the state of urban music is not, it is great financially, but not creatively. It's not in a great state. Uh, yet hip-hop and uh, urban music is number one streaming, number one uh, generating revenue in 2016. But I believe... Um, 75% of the music is trash and the integrity has lessened the quality of great music has lessened and that I want to contribute to bringing it back to to, to, to good music and um, not cookie cut put out any cookie cutters or microwave type of stuff mm-hmm. and people can actually enjoy real music so that's why I'm really in the industry right now is to kind of prove a point and 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 still try to make history again what do you think it'll take to get to that where you like 25, where you hate 25% as opposed to only liking 25%? <laughs> so um, it, it, it's, um, it, wait, 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 what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think it'll take to turn the music industry around to where you like it again? Oh, the music specifically. Oh, it's going to take, it takes at least one or two people, three people, four. It, it's it's going to take more than one. It, it needs, um, you have to start somewhere, and someone has to start it. Do you think it'll be an artist or a producer? Uh, I think it's going to be a producer. Okay. It's going to be a producer because it was, the industry was a producer-driven industry. Then it became it kind of switched around. But it's going to take a producer because uh, how I am is I'm very selective with who I work with. And I don't change my sound pretty much. Not like that, that I'm stubborn. I do change it, but... I still want to be true. Like, can I do a trap beat? Yes, I can, but that's not what I do. It's not a Tony Dofat beat. People, I have an identity in the music industry, and what my stuff have, I have to have that feel and that sound from Tony Dofat. So, an artist, if they really want to work with me that bad, they're going, they're going to do what I want them to do. On the track, damn it, right. because that's what you want. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, because there are a lot of artists that really still want to work with me and, and hit me up all the time and and don't want to take me out of my zone. And if I work with you, we're gonna have to work on something that's real music. Outside of your stubbornness for to your, towards your music, <laughs> what would it take for you to musically change, or is there a possibility that you can be musically changed? Yeah, I mean, can I be changed? I mean, musically, oh. I'm talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you just said that they have to basically cater to your your, your music well, talents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, 
I, I can bend. I can adjust musically. Um, but I still have to have my influence in it. Your core. Like I, yeah, because I can, like I said before, trap beats and all of the other beats <laughs> that are out. I can mimic those, like everyone else is doing. I can do it actually in ten minutes. I can mimic a beat. I think they can too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm and, sorry. and so it's not. It's nothing doing that. It's nothing. You know, there's nothing. No, nothing intricate involved in those steps. But is it fun? Is it fulfilling? That's my other thing. Right. It's fulfilling. It's not doing anything for me. Right. Because I've I've done so much, and it's like, what's fulfilling? Writing this book, writing these books are fulfilling for me. To me, be, be, becoming a professor uh, is fulfilling to me. What and, books are you talking about, Tony Dofat? Oh, these three books right here <laughs> that I authored and um, that are actually textbooks for school. I uh, wrote Business and Fundamentals of Music Production, first edition. I have Become an Entrepreneur in the Music Business, and I have Introduction to Digital Audio, these three books. Now, why would people want to read three books by Tony Dofat? All right, well, the Introduction to Digital Audio is a, tech, a straight technical book. Uh, we talk about digital audio, and we talk about Pro Tools, and how to actually use it and become great at operating your digital audio workstation and understanding the technology behind digital audio and just behind digital period becoming an entrepreneur in the music business uh this book i got this the idea to write this book because throughout my career i've uh i probably had maybe hundreds of people come to me and say i want to be in the music industry but i don't know what i want to do and this book breaks it, it will break down every department and every job in the music industry and it will tell you how to break doors down in that department and it'll describe what it does and it also describes what an entrepreneur is and how you can become an entrepreneur in those departments so I wrote that book and I priced it very cheap because I wanted everybody to get that book so that they could stop asking me how to get in the industry <laughs> and then I have business and fundamentals of music production which is strictly about music production and the role of a producer and what a producer does also uh, touch a little bit on the business side uh, with contracts, a little bit of the legal side. Talk about publishing, uh, which is a lot of uh, uh, a lot of producers and a lot of writers don't really know about publishing. They don't really know. They don't even know what residual income is, and they mm -hmm. don't even know uh, that they can eat off of that for the rest of their life, off of just one hit song. So they give all those rights away when they first sign. So I suggest anyone trying to get in the music industry. Google these books, research it, buy them. They're on Amazon, they're at Barnes and Nobles, they're everywhere. And I suggest you read these books before you enter pursue the music industry because it will help you uh, dramatically. Why do you think after the TLC story, the Tony Braxton story, and all documented um, things of people being jerked in the industry, having researched, I mean, why do you think that Artists are still being in that are still in that position if there's so much for them to learn from. Because they 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 don't they're lazy for one. This new generation is very lazy. Technology has crippled a lot of people. They do not get up and go anywhere. They stay home and talk on the internet. Uh, they do not research, which is crazy to me. If Google was out when I was coming up, um, I would be a, a, a genius times ten. I'm already a genius, but I'm just times five. <laughs> yeah, I'm just times <laughs> to the fifth power, but I would be ooh. So 
Yeah, so with, if I came up with all of this stuff today, it's so easy. And, and the computer's right there. And, and how do you not know these certain things? How do you, like like Yachty, for example, how do you not know who administers your publishing? <laughs> like, that was, like, he doesn't know. That was an interview. He said, I don't know. Someone asked him that. Not the dope-ass little Yachty you talking about. Come yeah. on, now. Y'all work together, right? <laughs> oh, Yachty? Oh, nah. I, I mean, if he asked me to work for him, I'll I, I tell you right now, I would say, just say no. I would laugh <laughs> because, um, and he said, you know, I saw another interview. He said he doesn't have the power to hurt hip, to um, to 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 um, hurt hip hop, and he doesn't realize it. And that and he says a lot of ignorant stuff. So I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't get this guy. He was in college, right? He said Biggie's overrated. Yeah, he said he said Drake was the hottest, better than Biggie and Tupac, the best of all time, Drake. Let me tell you, I was even talking about Drake. I'm not taking anything away from him. I think he's talented, but I think he's way overrated because he came out when no one else was hot. Is this is this after Puff put hands on him, allegedly? Oh. <laughs> that was, no. He was, he came out, when Drake first came out, it was, he he was, no one else was out. Right. And Neo was out, and that was it, probably. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he looked like he was just a wholesome guy. <laughs> well, he, he was, was because Degrassi. he was yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like someone he was an that, actor. Yeah, that you would introduce to your parents and not, say, "Hey, not threatening." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he came out, and I never liked his rhyming at first because I said he sounds fake. Mm-hmm. Um, he want to sound hard and this and that and say soft lyrics, and <laughs> I I didn't get it, and I, you know, but he, you know, coming from the industry side and executive side of the industry. That's what I do. I'm an idol maker. I, I make artists and I mold them and shape them to sell them and and take nothing and turn it into a ta- tangible product. So that's what they that's what he did and that's what they did with him, and it worked and the fans bought it. And I just me personally knowing this industry, I think he's overrated, but he's still talented. I wouldn't take the talent away from him. Now you wrote the book becoming entre becoming entrepreneur in the music, music. business, right? Yeah. And for many years, we have always heard, allegedly, that Puff always took a portion of every artist he had signed of their publishing. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything's in the contract. Any contract, but all contracts are up for negotiation. And if you're hungry enough to sign it, you can't complain about it later. Right. All you have to do is just mention it. And say, hey, I don't want this in because I signed management. And there was something that I wanted. Right. And right. It, I'm not. And you know what? And I'm not even going to say what it was or the paragraph because I don't want you to view him in a different way. Too late. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I I wanted it removed, and they said, okay, not a problem because there are standard things, and a lot of times his lawyers put it in there, and they don't even know. Right. And he. And they sign it because they ready to get on. But now after they blow up, then oh, I signed that. Oh, yeah, because it's really not the, his fault yeah. if it's in the contract. Yeah, that's exactly. what you signed. Yeah, exactly. Blame your lawyer. Yeah. But at the same time, um, I think it's kind of unfair to for, for Puff to have the stigma he has when all labels do the same thing. And I know when when the locks had their beef with Puff. And it was a whole whole big thing around it. I think because it was hip-hop and you're dealing with people that are probably from the streets. Yeah. They're going to have a different mindset, which is understandable. 
But would they have? Would would the locks have run up on a uh, uh, um, Tommy Matola or uh, no. Clive Davis? So. I think it's kind of unfair. Now, I'm not saying that I agree with Puff's business standards or whatever because I'm not involved with him business-wise. Yeah. But from what I've heard and from people that I know that have worked with him, I'm like, what makes Puff different than Clive Davis? Than, um, what's that guy from Motown? Barry Gordy. I mean, yeah. so so the only difference is that Puff is They're basically... close to the, the same age. Exactly. I'm going to say, yeah. yeah. And, and he looks like one of us, so... He, he, it's more likely they can approach him, yeah. And even the way they went about it, because I, I, and I don't know any of the locks like that. So, but if they were signed to J Records, would they have done the same thing or went about it the same way towards uh, Clive Davis? No, more than likely not. Because, so yeah. that's why I said it's kind of unfair to to label well, that's a, in the same that's way. Well, that's society, society in the whole. Because when you think about it, that's why a lot of black on black crime exists because uh, black uh, thugs would rather rob a black person as opposed to someone white because they don't know how they react and they feel more comfortable. That's why they know if your house gets jail robbed, for a white person. <laughs> yeah. And if they know if they rob your house, of course it's someone that knows you because if they if they feel comfortable around you to do it and they know your moves and know how you're gonna operate and think, that's why it's like that as opposed to if there were two guys on the street and one was black, one was white, um, they would go after the black guy. Of course. Right. Yeah. So that, I mean, that's just how society uh, raised or you know uh, brought up a lot of uh, people, and that's why they approach him the way they did because uh, they feel that they know him, they they're around the same age, and they handle business the same way, and they understand each other. Yeah. So, but like I said, I'm 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 not defending you know anything that people have against him because like yeah. I said, I'm not in that. But like I said, on the same, you know, put him on the same page as the other great executives and you never hear anything about Clive Davis being run up on you. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he's made, he's done this. In fact, if it wasn't for Clive Davis, Puff probably wouldn't have felt comfortable to do what he's doing as far as business, standard business. Yeah. Like I said, it's not like Puff came into this and it's like, you know what? I'm going to do things this way. Yeah. No, it's a standard thing and he signed with RCA or Jive Records at the time, yeah. and that's one of his mentors. So, but I'm going like I said. That, that's just, no, like I, said, I just want to defend because like I said, you know, when I hear things and people don't know what's going on, I, I tell them that you know what you can't. You know, if it's if it's a blanket thing, then you can't just pick one person and be like, yeah. this person the crook and this one isn't. Yeah, they always say that on social media because they don't know and they just go. They're going by half the story. You got to realize there's more sides to the story. And me telling you that I've worked with them firsthand and um, yeah. knowing uh, what goes on and, and 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 you know if he owes you money he'll pay you so right. it's it's not like you know he doesn't his intention is to rob people and, and owe people money. I'm trying to think if he owes me money because you know <laughs> we were, See, were, we were times, interned together. There were times <laughs> we were in the studio and I work and uh, he, a lot of times or. I may, I may just have an attitude or something, and he was going, yo, do I owe you any money? <laughs> no, I swear. I'll be like, nah, nah. Just Maybe he was just used to hearing that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I swear. <laughs> okay, now we're going to um, leave Puff alone for a second. <laughs> but um, Outside of your tight relationship that you had with the late, great Heavy D, yes. who else were you close to at Bad Boy? Oh, at Bad Boy, um, Puff, of course. We still... Um, we still uh, talk when I, I can reach him direct. We, we, you know, actually he wrote a great letter of recommendation for the university. Okay. When I yeah became appointed associate professor. Okay. Uh, he was actually happy 
um, I hit him, and he had the letter. Because he didn't owe you money. That's what he, <laughs> he hit me right back, and he had the letter written, original signature, sent to me via email within 30 minutes. Wow. And then they overnighted the original copy. So, wow. yeah, and that's, and he's the most powerful man in the music industry. Right. And that letter, and he said, I give Tony Dofa my highest recommendation and for any job and whatever, whatever. Puff, can you write me a letter? <laughs> times are kind of hard right now. <laughs> but yeah, but but I've done a lot, and he know, and he, and he, if he didn't believe it, he would not have done it because he he, I've seen him not write things or say things for other you know a lot of people because it wasn't true, and he he definitely didn't vouch for a lot of people, and mm-hmm. for this I've you know I've done a lot, and he knows what I'm capable of doing. He knows. That I'm very resourceful and um, knowledgeable about, you know what, you know, my uh, uh, appointment entails. Now let's get a piece of your history out the way. Okay. Making the band. Ooh yes. How did that actually come about? Ooh, so I can tell you the whole story from that. And I almost, I actually quit after two weeks because I couldn't <laughs> take it. And the director, his name is Zoe. Shout out to Zoe. I'm gonna have him listen to this, but. Zoe came and walked because I took the mic off and started walking up the street, like <laughs> leaving. And he walked behind me and was like, Hey, um, I said, Yo, I can't. Um, I'll tell you the story from the beginning. So, mm-hmm. Puff says, All right, Tony, we got to do this um, show for MTV and we got to make the album. So, I'm going to have you just do everything, engineer it, produce it, and do the whole project. So, you know, I was like, All right, cool. He says, he says, so just start making a lot of tracks, and um, then we're going to start shooting soon. And I was like, okay. And then next thing I know, I'm down at the house. They rented these brownstones in the village. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found a room. I picked a room to build a studio, and um, the MTV was like, let us know what you need, because I was like the, the chief... I was the main, the music person, the executive producer and mm-hmm. everything about it. So I built the studio, designed it, put everything, all the equipment in there. Every, I gave them the equipment list. They got had everything in there in like three days. Wow. They had it built, everything. And then I had to work with all of the, the six people and none of them ever been in the studio before. Never. Never. And they never really did songs before, nothing. Because Ness was really a battle rapper. Yeah. Yeah, okay. none of them really had songs before. Okay. So I went and uh, I had to produce them from nothing. And I'm like, oh. Um, I was like, okay. And the hard part really was the stress because we had to do it real time. A lot of people don't know that reality shows uh, are scheduled by one week of shooting is one episode. So... I and we had we, we uh, they purchased thirteen or fourteen episodes, so that's the amount of time I had to do the entire album from scratch. So just meeting them, just dealing with their different personalities, was just a whole lot. Yeah. So they, then they started clashing amongst themselves, mm-hmm. and after two weeks, I couldn't work with cameras up my in my face. Mm-hmm. Every I had to wear a mic. Um, it's in your contract that you have to wear the mic a uh, certain amount of hours per day. 
for real. I'd be like, fuck you, 17 <laughs> times of those days. And, and and the camera, I'm making the beat, and the cameraman is right on my nose with the camera in my face. And I'm like, yo, how can you create like that? Don't you have eyes out? Ooh, I can't take this. And I'm really there just trying to make an album because my name is on the line. Right. I'm not there for the show. I don't care about the show. Yeah, you seem so, frustrated uh, so, yeah, from what I remember. Yeah, so I said, I said, you know what? I can't take it. So I, 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 I quit. And I took my mic off. I walked outside. Then the, then the director came and said, hey, what's wrong? I said, I can't. It's too much. I'm working here 16 hours a day. I got the cameras here. I can't think. Um, all this chaos. He said, well, and I, don't, and I said, I don't want to be on TV. Right. And he said, well, your life has changed already. You already started the show. He was like, you have to just finish it, man. Come He's on. He's like, we got you. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, Zoe's a great guy. He won so many Emmys and Golden Globes, and he's a great director, and we're very close friends, and he respects my craft, and he, and we're, we're friends to this day. We talk all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and his Zoe Wesson, shout out to him, Alonzo. And, um, and then he, you know, walked me back on, and then, you know, I mic'd back up, and I did what I had to do, and the first thing, and all the records I did were in the house. I made them there on the actual drum machine and and everything, and I, and the camera people just eased up a little, mm-hmm. you know, gave me a little more space to, 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 to breathe. So after the original crew disbanded, has anyone of from the original crew reached out to you? Yeah, so all I want to work with you? Yeah, Dylon's putting out an album now, like as of last week. He He's still me, around? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he sent me an um, email, and he said he really wanted me on this project. Now, he has a deal in place. I forgot with, uh, with the label, but he sent me three songs, and he said he really wanted me on this album. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm really actually going to work on his album because Dylon, um, even though we had creative differences mm-hmm. uh, and, 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 and um, on a few episodes, we really did, and he blamed a lot of stuff on me while he wasn't on the songs. Yeah, and I said, "Nah, it's not me." I said, "Straight up, it's from it's an executive decision." That's what I said on one of the episodes. He said, "Why am I not on the song?" I said, "It's an executive decision. Mm-hmm. It can't it didn't come from me?" But we have creative differences. But now, you know, a lot of people mature because they were very young. That's yeah. That's, we shot that that uh, fourteen years ago. Yeah, and Babs, of course, she owns. Uh, um, Queen of the Ring, that, mm-hmm. that's blowing up. Mm-hmm. Chopper is, uh, he was working on a few projects. I worked with him after that. Nash is still battle rapping, mm-hmm. performing. Um, I don't know what Frederick's doing. Yeah. Sarah is on a reality show from yeah. the bottom up, and she's mm-hmm. working on another project. And she she friended me on Facebook last week. Oh, yeah, Sarah's real cool. They came to my <laughs> house, actually. A lot of them stayed at my house for a while after we <clears throat> did the first season. And um, Chopper stayed at my house for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Caused the frenzy. Went to the get. <laughs> I had a scooter, and I lived in a gated community. He ride around terrorizing everybody, and people recognized who he was. And I saw people running up and down. I'm like, oh, oh now man. everybody knows who I am because I was low key. <laughs> and then we go to the gas station, and he still almost get get into a fight. Uh-huh. I was like, yo, you can't stay here no more. You gotta go. So when they and went then, to Juniors for the cheesecake, did you say watching that episode? That's good for their asses. Oh, oh, when I, when I see it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't there that night But I heard about it And they came back And Puff was in there And it was, we were laughing though. We were laughing our ass off and That made the best episode For the Chappelle show uh, Yeah <laughs> Yeah I, I, After a while I never really watched it When it was out 
because I never, I didn't never like, I never like watching myself on TV. Yeah. So when it was out, I never really watched it. Everyone would be in my house watching it, laugh and say, "Dofa, look at you." And I would just <laughs> stay in my room until it was off. Uh huh. And now I'm really starting to watch it, and, it, and it's very, very, very funny. So I see why it was the number one show, right? And, and one of the best reality shows ever in history. But um, Sarah um, messed her ankle up from that walk. Oh, she did? Yeah, she has a bad ankle. Yeah. She should sue from she walking from Manhattan. With, she had heels. That's a long-ass oh, walk. Oh, with heels. Yeah, yeah with heels. Yeah. yeah. And Sarah came to my house a few times. Her and her husband, they came. They always stopped by, and, and we vibe. Mm-hmm. And we, 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 we never stopped by your house. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hurt. <laughs> every right now, I, 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 I got to walk to Julius in order to be invited to your house. But what I do oh, now, God. every every first Friday of the month, mm-hmm. I throw a party. A oh, coincidentally, he tells us after the first Friday, which was what last week. <laughs> he, he conveniently <clears throat> tells us now. I throw oh, yeah. <clears throat> I'm getting a little sick. I throw a, um, a spades and karaoke party, and I cook for all of my guests first Friday of every month. So people come from all over for the food. We play spades. Monifa comes. Oh, okay. Uh, Olivia, everyone, and we do karaoke mm-hmm. and play spades and eat food every Friday. It's, but it's a BYOB. Bring whatever you drink, and mm-hmm. that's all you worry about. And I, I, got I keep shit in the car, so <laughs> <laughs> we can go right now if you want. So you guys want to see. No, it would be hot if you, you guys did a video uh, broadcast. Because I would have y'all do a video I'm, broadcast of the next one. We can, and Actually, that would no, be. Funny. I, I could bring the wife. Yeah, for real, because I would have, because <laughs> we have the regulars over there, and it, it'll be so fun. Yeah. It, so it, y- y'all are gonna see this next month. Oh yeah, because definitely. I'm bringing my video camera. We're going to. It, it's, it's gonna be so fun, and when we do the karaoke, I have all the music people over there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I went to um, I about to say I went to, but Monifa went to high school with me. Oh really? Yeah. Monifa is a cool. But she lives real right by by me, and she came over there and she taught the um, the, the, the the very launch, the first one that I did. I call it uh, spades and sna- snacks and spades, mm-hmm. but it's more than snacks because mm-hmm. I make like whole turkeys and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody's I'm, like, I'm about to go camp out right now. <laughs> they're like, that's a dough fat snack. <laughs> <laughs> about to camp out right now, like needing help with seasoning. <laughs> I do I do fresh egg rolls from scratch because you know I'm half wow. Chinese. Oh yeah, okay. my father's from Hong Kong. Yeah, okay. I'm like a Chinese hip hop producer, which is crazy. Right. <laughs> so he named you Tony, or your mom? Yeah, named my you? mother named me Tony, and of okay. course, Dofat is a Chinese last name. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I didn't know okay. That. Yeah. I actually, you know what? Real talk. I thought that was like a made up last. Everyone name. says that. Because I've Everyone never heard of dough fat. So yeah, like, oh, we're the know. only ones in the, in the states. So maybe because he got a lot of dough and he was fat. I don't that's know. What, that's <laughs> what everyone says. Yeah, but that's Hong Kong. My father is from Hong Kong, and then he met my mother. Uh-huh. She's from down south and moved uh, to Harlem, and they met in Harlem. Oh wow! Yep, and they were young, and then they had nine kids, and I'm I'm next to the youngest. Yep. Oh, wow. We all look alike, um, but I'm the one of the pretty much. I'm one of the darkest. My sisters are lighter. And he's not even. <laughs> I'm like a, I guess a brownish color, uh-huh. but um, it was funny growing up. Just even getting off the subject, but this is real funny. But um, I couldn't even understand him. <laughs> Yo, I swear, none of us could. He sound like um, the people at the Chinese restaurant spoke clearer, cleaner English uh-huh. than he did. Wow. I mean, he was like, uh, "Dumb boy." <laughs> wow! <laughs> like <them. laughs> I'm watching my family. They're gonna listen to this and they're gonna laugh. They're probably crying right now. 
So wait, do people crack jokes knowing that you are half Korean? Chinese. Chinese, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chinese. Yeah, you can't say Chinese Korean. Like It's like calling... Sorry. Dominican Puerto Rican. Yeah, take that personal. So people used to like school kids used to crack jokes on you all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, in school, yeah. And I used to, I used to, it used to offend me when I was younger. But then after that, it became cool because I'm like, you know what? I'm the only black and Chinese person yeah. in my yeah. mind. Yeah, now, now that's a thing now. Yeah, the blazons. And it's and it's crazy. And 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 um. So you were Tiger Woods before Tiger Woods. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm the trendsetter, and I became a hip hop producer, Chinese, black and Chinese hip hop producer. And I use my and I don't have a nickname. I'm the exactly. only black person without a nickname. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Even I have a nickname. There's, there's a cornbread. There's popo. There's um, hot sauce, <laughs> jelly bean. <laughs> my name there's is just, black. My name is Tony Dofat. <laughs> I really thought that that was just some name. You say, hey, I'm gonna be a producer. Fuck, I'm gonna use Dofat. <laughs> Nah, and everyone says it like Puff says it. He says he calls me. He doesn't say Tone or Dofat. He says Tony Dofat. And I'm like, why do you and have? Why do y'all always and have said, oh, you got a cool ass name because it just flows. He uh-huh. just says Tony Dofat. You know what I'm <laughs> it's just one name. It's not even two. It says my whole name. Yeah, it's just like Tony Dofat. Tony Dofat. Do you keep in touch with Heb's family? Of course, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, um, uh, uh, rest in peace to Portia uh, A very great friend of mine She uh, passed away recently yeah. mm-hmm. And I spoke to Floyd His brother We're, we're like brothers um, And I'm, I'm gonna do some big things In Mount Vernon I wanna attach Heavy to it right. As well Because he inspired me To actually write my first book He, he inspired me to do a lot uh, Just from living with him we, I said I would have a passion For something And talk to him And he would just say Do it He said why not do it Like you cook a lot Go to cooking school And I'm like yeah, you know what I should. Yeah, and I told him I want to write books. I mean, Jerobi did that from a trial court quest. He went right to cooking school. Yeah, so I mean, you could do whatever you want to do as long as you have the right person um, cheering you on and letting you, letting you know that everything's attainable and you can achieve whatever you want, whatever you put your mind to, mm-hmm. and you could do it. Because a lot of people out here um, don't want you to su- succeed or do better than they're doing. So they they always say, "Oh, that's going to be hard," or "Oh, this," or "Oh, that." They don't think about oh, just doing it. Yeah, and I did a lot within the past uh, uh, t- uh, last year, 2016. I received four proclamations from the city. I have a Tony Dofat Day now. Yeah, I seen that. Congrats. Yeah, October nineteenth. Uh, Thank you. So that was um, in Westchester County. It's an official day, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people uh, usually get their days and um, don't really get the respect there that's due to them after they pass away. Exactly. And I just feel proud and, and, and happy that people are recognizing my, my uh, worth while I'm still on this earth. That's and right. um, that's just the beginning of my, you know, of my accolades and my contributions for 2017 is just going to be phenomenal. I just uh, created the Tony Dofa Foundation. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I have kids in college now and, you know, college, uh, they have scholarships, but still a lot of things have to be paid for. And mm-hmm. I think education is very important. And, and I want to contribute to edu- education of our community and uh, um, young black children because a, a lot of, you know, I, and I would pay for Yachty to go to school. <laughs> uh, for real, I would work a third job. <laughs> Just, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, education is very oh, important, man. and um, so 
Yeah, I have that. And we're also building um, some things in Mount Vernon, uh, some education programs that I'm attached to, and I'm going to be teaching uh, the youth a lot, of, you know, about music. What about that football field that's been oh, vacant? Oh, yeah, they need to fix that. I, I mean, the mayor and I have become, uh, become good friends recently, uh-huh. uh, and I don't really talk about a lot of other issues, but I do speak to him about the crime, and, and I am actively trying to... Um, help, uh, you know, help uh, get rid of a lot of crime and stuff. And I want to offer some programs to keep kids busy and occupied. And I did my uh, book signing there when I, you know, I launched my book tour there actually mm-hmm. at the Mount Vernon Library. And I was an honoree at their foundation. So, uh, you know, I, I lecture to the kids and I'm going to tour throughout every uh, public school in the uh, the entire school system mm-hmm. in Mount Vernon and mentor the kids, you know, and it starts with one person, like I said, and needs one person to do it and not just say it. So I told them I would um, make myself available whenever I can do it, and that's in the works now, and then we're going to start a program for the kids, uh, music programs and a few other things. So... We're, you know, I'm I'm doing all I can do, and actually, I brought LIU into it, and LIU supports me fully. Nice, and which is great that they actually support myself and my hometown, and um, they are on board to help out. What people don't understand is creativity is something that can't be taught. Yeah, exactly. You can be taught how to hone it. You can be taught how to expand on it, but you have to have some type of creativity. Yeah. Like what? 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 How do you draw on your creativity? What? Whether it's music, whether it's writing, what? What? Whatever it is, how do you draw on it? All right. Well, um, I wrote a chapter about it, but um, there's something called a little deeper <laughs> psychoacoustics uh, when you're dealing with uh, music and what certain senses trigger certain certain uh, creativity, like your nose, your your uh, eyes, your ears. Um, can trigger certain certain uh, feelings and emotions in the human brain. So sometimes I just walk around and look di- like different colors. Like right now, this is a burnt orange and a yellow. These colors mean something, and it does something to your mind. It stimulates certain certain emotions. Mm-hmm. And the same with aromatherapy. So what I do is, if I hear a sound or anything, it could be a car horn or anything. Instantly, it goes into my brain, and I can turn it into something creatively, right? Or creative, rather. And same thing, uh, and I do the same thing when I get writer's block. So if I get writer's block, I walk out and change my atmosphere. Okay. And I look at different things, look at different colors, and I smell different things. Walk out, hear people talk, and then I run back into the studio and say, "I have it." And that's what usually happens. So um, I get inspired by everything, especially when I travel. And that's the first thing that I tell people and advise people, travel. There are people that grew up in certain areas, even in New York, that, that are from Brooklyn, that never left Brooklyn. and Because everything's there, but you have to go outside of your boundaries mm-hmm. to see how other people live. And that will inspire you to do other things. And that will... That, that will push creative buttons in your brain to, to think of other things. Yeah. Because one of the things in Mount Vernon, uh, a lot of people don't leave. 
And I want to create a, a foundation. Well, it's going to be part of this foundation that I have, but I want to send people, probably 12 people a year. I want to send them to Europe just for a week mm-hmm. or send them Could somewhere you start else. start with me? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I want people to experience different things in life because once they see how good they have it, mm-hmm. Then they will change their train of thought and their thinking. Yeah, because like sometimes I, when they leave the block, they're going to the courthouse. Yeah, <laughs> they're getting locked up in the bullpen. Yeah, they don't see how other people have it, and, and they don't understand different cultures and different languages. Like when I toured with my sons, and they went—that was their first time leaving the country—and they're only teens, mm-hmm. so they came back with a total different perspective on life, and they 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 told uh, their mom. That I appreciate everything we have, and mm-hmm. you know, I look at things totally different now. They tour with. I was on tour for a month, and we went and we toured. Actually, started at in Scotland and traveled all the way through train, and flew a few flights. But we, you know, we spent a lot of time, and we saw the countryside. We saw green grass. We saw organic uh, cows and, mm-hmm. and and sheep and. Uh, just watching all that and listen, watching people talk and speak a different language with the language barrier. That's what they need. Eating different foods. Watch how people walk and talk. See what people, other people appreciate yeah. as opposed to us. We are so superficial. Right. Uh, we overeat. We eat a lot of junk. You know, their McDonald's are totally different. And... Um, a lot of things. So different as far as like their McDonald's is healthier. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Wait, it's almost like a restaurant. They have like outdoor patio seating with umbrellas, and um, their chicken is totally ra- raised different. Wow. Some of them have organic um, nuggets. They have to They're, use chicken. Yeah, no. it's, it's totally <laughs> it's totally different. It's not the same, and they have their salads are fresh, mm-hmm. and um, it's crazy. They have a different standard o- over there. So people don't mind working at McDonald's overseas. No, not at all. They love it. Their, their standard is totally different. They 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 don't have uh, all the bad stuff we have over here. Right. I wonder why is that? Because there's the, Trump is here and he's not over there. FDA uh, <laughs> they approve whatever they benefit from. You yeah. Know? And and that's what it is. And they care. And that's why a lot of Europeans are so slim and Americans are overweight because we just eat what we you know what we want. We don't care about it. And once yeah. your body gets used to it, then. You want it all the time, but mm-hmm. you know the portions are small. Like when you go to France, you get uh, the portions are very small because they think it's disrespectful to leave food in your plate, and they don't yeah. want you to get. They don't want to give you too much food. Yeah, they give you the right amount. Right, and the right amount is supposed to be like an eight ounce piece of protein. Yeah, the way you're supposed to. Eat. Yeah, it's but, funny because just just uh, yesterday on Facebook, I saw a meme where they had soda, Coke, ninety nine cent. Mm-hmm. Dasani water, a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, they had a burger, ninety nine ninety nine cents, and a salad, six ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, that's truth. Yeah, I said that. I, I tweeted. Uh, I put that on Facebook as well. I said, um, "The world is messed up when water is more expensive than soda." Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. I actually seen that. Yeah, that, that was, that's crazy, and you that. have to. That should just raise eyebrows and and and, and make you aware. And and you, there should be no reason why people are not. Researching it because there is something called Google now. Yeah. <laughs> you don't got to like, go to the library, go to the car catalog. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and look it up on the, on the thing and then, and then you, take 30 minutes. You don't minutes. have to go on the computer. You can just go on your phone. Yeah, you can go exactly. on your phone. Everything is, is, is right within your fingertips. And, um, but that's, I mean, that I'm just active right now. I felt like these 27 years of my industry, I had fun. I had so much fun. I lived my life. 
And it's not over, but I, I did a lot. And now I'm looking at what I can do for others. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am. And I don't know if it's an old people thing or <laughs> if it's just a Tony Dilfat thing because um, that's the, I, I'm concerned about other people than me because I feel like at the end of the day, I'm going to be all right. Well, you can start by helping me. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, a big set foundation? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's called you gotta, my you landlord. Gotta, um, you got you, you to create PFG. a 501c3. No. And, um, um, and I'll, uh, wait, wait, let me, let me do it right now. Print it out. <laughs> let me stop. Now, with all the producers uh, that you've been around and that you work with, especially when you were at Bad Boy, yeah. uh, what is the closest relationship you have with any one of the producers, if you have a close relationship? Uh, oh, yeah, Stevie J. Okay. Stevie J, Mario Winans, D Dot, mm-hmm. uh, those are all the same. But me and Stevie used to run a lot, especially like outside of the studio. We used to hang out in clubs and even in different cities in Atlanta and LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and we worked on a lot of songs together. Um, pretty much all of them were those. Those three are the top three: Stevie, right. D Dot, Mario. Okay. Yeah. So seeing Stevie now on reality television. Oh yeah, <laughs> is that really Stevie or? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this... well, Steve is Stevie, but it's Stevie times TV. Right. So <laughs> you, you got to think about it like that because you have to be entertaining as well. Is Stevie, uh, is Stevie? Uh, yeah, I would say yeah, but you know, he, you got to do certain things for television. Yeah. In order to be interesting, you know, you know, you want people to sit in seats and watch, and you want high ratings. So it's like me if I. Well, not, I'm not going to say me because if, if I was on TV again, I would be me. Right. But, um, you know, that's Stevie. And he was always, like, I would say, not on the edge, but he he was always a little <laughs> I wild. I know Stevie, yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Stevie, Stevie's, Stevie's, Stevie's a wild dude. He's a fun dude. I'll put it like that. We uh-huh. go out, you're going to have fun with him. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that's what he likes. He's he's about having fun, and I mean, and and, and you gotta ex- expect it because you're like I said, you gotta turn it into fun because after a while it gets boring and gets dull. Exactly. So you gotta turn it into fun. And, and sometimes you don't want people having a certain perception of you. If that's not really you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yep. But, but it's still- funny because you mentioned D Dot, and I ran into him. Like literally, maybe a couple weeks before we started doing this podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, what you doing now?" I'm like, "You know, I still do the site because he's always sending me songs to post on the site." So yeah. I'm still doing the site. I'm looking for the next thing to do because you know that's how my creativity is going to continue. He's like, "Yo, yeah. you need to do TV," and I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Yo, you know, you got to you got the network, you got the you got the personality." It's yeah, like, you "Yo, should. there's there's something you need to do where TV should be," and I'm like, "What well, I'm thinking about doing this podcast?" He said, "That's cool and all, but you know, TV might be a thing," and I'm yeah. like, "Okay, well." I'm gonna look into it, yeah, and, and, no. and it felt good hearing that from him because I guess I've known him for years. As a matter of fact, when, um, I did the title track for Tracy Lee's first album, Many Faces. Oh, okay. Actually, I was the only producer on that album that wasn't associated with Bad Boy or Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I think I was sabotaged. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, and, and we we got and we were cool before that, but we got real cool because of that because it's like the the, the, the track that I did do was completely different than all the other tracks and not in the same vein. Yeah. He actually wanted to manage me and I should have, maybe I would have made... Yeah, if he would have managed you, he would have worked, he definitely would have, because Kanye came up under him as well. A lot of people, Amadeus came up Mm -hmm. under him. Amadeus is 
dope. Yeah, Amadeus is dope. He now he's definitely one one of those producers where it's like if you don't know, you're never gonna know. Yeah, but you know, yeah. but like I said, um, like just mentioning D dot. Actually, I, I got to call him. TV will be great right in. now because you you your network is 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 crazy and you know you have a lot of knowledge about the past, the present, yeah. and the future, and and it would be like a cakewalk for you to to do it. Yeah. So. Puff, no. you heard that? No, let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> Often people talk about the 90s, 90s yeah. hip-hop this, 90s hip-hop that. Like, yeah. the 90s was just that pinnacle of when everything was just dope. Oh, yeah, 90s. What is your take on the 90s and as opposed to what's going on now? 90s was great because there was quality control. There was a thing called quality control and artist development. Right. So it went through a lot of hands and channels before it actually surfaced to commercial radio. And that's what we need. We're missing quality control because people are coming out of their bedrooms with hit records and they're becoming hits because of social media. Yeah. They're becoming hits because of different platforms that weren't available. And these platforms are actually misleading what a, a hit record actually is. It's just becoming popular, but it's not really saying it's good or anything. It's just popular. Right. It's all a popularity game. So the quality control in the 90s... Uh, was very very important and also the um artist development I and mean, when you look at making the band and how we used to put our artists through this this uh, artist development you'll see what it takes to really make a superstar and that's what's lacking today right so when everyone came out in the 90s they at least had media training they knew how to speak to the you know on the radio mary they, went through that yeah they 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 didn't go do, they didn't get on like Breakfast Club like Kodak Black with a damn ski mask on, yeah, and and looking like a fool. <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I don't understand that. Yeah, so I mean, and don't answer questions and and, and don't you know, like so. The, another thing about the '90s too is that it was good and fun, and everyone lived what really. Mo- Pretty much what they said. It wasn't any type of made up stuff. Like so, they have knowledge about it. So it's not just like fantasizing about other uh, something that someone else did. So they were actually, you know, they they had a little more um, uh, knowledge, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, when they made reference to something. And another thing is that the drug usage wasn't crazy mm-hmm. like it is today. Yeah. So. Any drugs in the '90s was just, you know, like just weed or yeah, recreation. Some, yeah, something light. Right. You know, it wasn't like heroin. Like people, like something you get stuck. Yeah, you can get. They're doing heroin now, you know, and they're doing heroin and syrup and Xanaxes all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, and that's Cocktails. why I have these. Yeah, they all crazy. That's so, why they dye their hair. <laughs> yeah, they do that stuff. And, yeah, and they, <laughs> that's that heroin, that psychedelic stuff. Yeah, maybe and that's they, maybe that's what Panda. I mean, that's what the designer was. I, I, I think dude is on speedballs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every time TMZ sees him, he's just so 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 yeah, I, I, I went to college and I'm struggling. <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> yeah, and he's from Brooklyn and he sounds like, I'm like, yo. What really got me is when he did the melody to the Adams family and I was reading the comments on Instagram and people was bigging it up and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, those are just people that don't know better. So it's like this. It's like Eddie Murphy said this in the stand up. If, if you, 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 you you appreciate what you what you're given, if you don't have anything, like if you didn't eat all 
day and you eat a cracker, you'd be like, damn, that's a good cracker. Good ass cracker. That's the best cracker I ever had in my life. <laughs> and that's what's going that on with so music. True. There's no good music, so they saying, "Damn, that's a hot ass beat." If you listen to the whack beats your whole life, and you hear something that's whack but better than the whack stuff you heard, yeah, then of course you're gonna say, "Oh yeah, I like that one the best." <laughs> I'm looking at it like, "Yo, this, he really think this shit is hot?" This yeah, because trash. he's been listening to more trash all his life. <laughs> he's listening to trashier stuff. <laughs> Do, do and that's people, one of the things I can't listen to trash stuff Because I have a, a, a My ears can't take it I can't I gotta preserve The hotness in my ears Because if I listen to trash Yeah I, I have a standard That my ears uh, Are used to One person <laughs> That I spoke to uh, About two years ago That actually bigged you up Was Young Lord He said oh, you young was somebody was, yeah. That was in there You would go Get business done And then you was out Like that was it Oh yeah yeah I was Yeah one of the things When, when um um, especially working with Puff Was that We're we're pretty much Two different people mm-hmm. And a lot of people say um, Especially in the dating scene When people meet me And uh, especially females And they think You know There's a stereotype Of music industry But I'm like I do this because It's my job And I don't do All the uh, partying And all that stuff so, shit. Yeah so yeah. Uh, I mean I'm do, get my work done And I leave I mean, you make up for it when you do your first Fridays. So, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, yeah. I do. We'll see in I, a couple of weeks. I do. I do. I, my type of fun is different than than a lot of other people's type of fun. Like my fun is like walking through the supermarket and just you know taking my time and shopping. Yeah, that's fun to me. Yeah, in my flip flops and my pajamas. Uh-huh. Okay, maybe we won't go to the first Fridays. <laughs> but I mean, but it's good fun because you don't hear Tony Dofat's name in in in, in scandal. Did you yeah, just, you just say what he said was fun. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, I stay away from trouble. I'm, I'm drama free. I just like doing clean fun. I, I I used to snowboard a lot. That's why I had shoulder surgery. Um, I I I um I just do a lot of activities, skiing, mm-hmm. um, tennis, racquetball. Um, I can't play you basketball. White people fun. So I'm, I'm half black and I can't. I suck at basketball. I, I could I could probably dribble the ball three times. That's the Asian side. Of you. That's what's going on right now. Yo, when I dri- when, when I play basketball, it's like yachty rapping. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> Not <You> nice. Know, <laughs> nah, when you say, hold up, hold up. When you're in the middle of a live freestyle, you say, hold up, hold up. Let me catch the beat. Gotta catch oh, the beat. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Let me catch the beat. <laughs> nah, who, who, who does that? You know what's funny? <laughs> I would say it was funny. And if, if I'm wrong, hit me on Twitter, get at me. It's funny when Pete Rock be taking his subliminal shots. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Peter's straight up with him, though. Peter's like, he told you, he's yo. <laughs> He goes at him hard. This is this is this is what's amazing to me how oh, how we're talking about the generation after us, which in theory might be the second generation after us. It what is. are they gonna say? It is. What are they gonna say in twenty years? Like, what's gonna be their like? What's gonna be their thing? Because it's 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 just amazing just hearing all of this and knowing the critics that we are and from what we came from. Like, what are they coming from and what are they gonna critique? Well, yeah, I mean, true. They, they first of all, they need a role model. They need some. Yeah. They need someone to inspire them because we were raised and inspired by great legends. Mm-hmm. So they were being inspired by Drake and and um, yeah. um what's his name um not a skinny <laughs> jean dude. What's his name? Um, Young Thug. Oh. And so they're inspired by people like that, and right. then it just gets worse. Now the new people are looking up to Yachty, and they're going to get inspired by him. Yeah. 
So the cycle has to be broken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We need some prayers or something going on. <laughs> we need this. <laughs> something. It's funny you say all this because I remember living in Atlanta back in 95 and I remember uh, one of the dudes that I was cool with who I used to work with, he's like, yo, what's up with New York wearing Tims and shorts? <laughs> I'm like, that's our shit. Yeah, that's regular. <laughs> yeah, shit exactly. Back then. <laughs> but the kids see it now, it's like, yo, that's what y'all old folks was doing. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what? Another thing, too. You know what You know what about this new generation? What I do not like, uh, they always have to blame it on our age that mm. we don't like their stuff. There are people that are 20 years old and the same age that don't like your crap yeah. as well. And they and they say it. So, I mean, so you can't say, oh, because you're old or whatever. What's old? Like, like who said this? Um, Ice-T said 25 is old to somebody that's 18. Mm-hmm. You know, and 20 is old to someone that's 14. Mm-hmm. So what is old? Yeah, my wife's kids will always be like, you 44, you old. And I tell them, I slap shit out you. <laughs> I'm not old. Yeah, that's what the old person would say. <laughs> yeah, like, what's old? <laughs> so, but but I say I say it as a joke. I like to do old people stuff, you know. Yeah. I, 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 I like to go to the supermarket with my pajamas on. Yeah. Flip flops. The only thing I don't do is I don't, I don't try to pay with the exact change. I, I try to get out of there as fast as possible when I'm... Because I had I went there last night to the supermarket. This is an everyday routine going to the supermarket. So and it's on my it's on my Instagram too. No, it's right across the street, so I go every day, and I, that's my highlight. And it's on my Instagram. I like it, Tony. How you doing? I do okay. Instagram videos of me in the supermarket every day, and I talk about what I'm buying and prices and everything. I went on the ship prices right. I went a car. <laughs> So let's make that happen. There was this old lady in front of me yesterday, man. I wanted to like pluck her in the back of the ears, like <laughs> she trying to count on some change. And I'm like, yo, they I'm frugal. Like, and then after that, then she just pulled out a hundred dollar bill. Yeah, they have frugal. I'm like, that's that Chris Rock shit. No, yeah. not, they have exactly. all the time on their hands. That's what it is. They don't have nowhere to go. Nope. No one to call. They don't have to be home for anything. But nope. I'm like, I'm doing mad stuff. Mm-hmm. And I go to the supermarket. I ain't take my time. But when I go to the register, I want it to be over. Yeah, exactly. And I make sure I watch every item that's scanned because they try to rob me every time. <laughs> supermarket. I always catch them. Tony Joe Pettis here. I catch Tony them. Joe Pettis here. Yeah, yeah they know you by now. Because if it's the wrong price, I get it for free. And every time I check out, I always get something for free. <laughs> Wait, so you know they try to do it. Why do you go? No, because no, he because I watch stuff, it. That's why. That's that's just just my highlight. I watch them. I make sure I put it up there first, oh and I say, God. "Don't re- start ringing up until I put everything on the belt." <laughs> After they put everything on the belt, then I go there right in front of the um, the register like this. And looking at every, and I remember what every price is. They said, "Damn, you have a good memory." Somebody said that to me the other day. And I was like, "No, it's, it's two eighty nine. The bacon, two eighty nine. <laughs> price check." And I just go do the price check because it takes forever. And I go there and take a picture of it with my camera and come back. And I run. I right, here, here you go. What you write? I got the thing all. Yo, if if I didn't catch them all this time, this whole year I probably would have lost thirty dollars. <laughs> But I understand where you're coming from because I'll be selling items on Facebook, uh, Let Go, Craigslist. I'll put something for one price and I'll haggle back and forth with somebody. <laughs> and to me, that's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's so much it's just fun, the little man. things that people don't really, really get. And, yeah. and, it, and it's just a the highlight. They and get then, disrespectful. I get disrespectful. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's real crazy. Yeah, it's the principle. It's the principalities. <laughs> exactly. Who said that? Where that come from in the movie? It's uh, the principalities. Is it? Oh, it's principalities. Man, I can't I remember. Oh, was it Friday? It was Friday, right? That was Big Worm. 
It's principalities oh, of this. Yeah, 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 big worm. Yeah, big, yeah. Worm right. <laughs> big worm. There's principalities of this. It's just so much fun, man. Sometimes I, just haggling. I just, but I hate when you're in line and, and you know somebody's in front of you. They they shop maybe two hours, whatever. They get to the register after all of it is rung up. Then they decide to go in their pocket. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you've been standing there for 20 yeah, minutes. You, you should have had your money ready. Like, and oh, then then they don't just stand there going to the money. They don't know where the money is. And when the lady has one of those wallets, and she's like, oh, wait a minute. Wait, you, wait, 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 hold on. I'm like, really, bitch? Like, you've been standing here for 20 minutes with your 50 items, and you couldn't pull your, out your money by now? Yeah, that is a That pisses me off. My only That's supermarket annoying. issue is I don't like when people in front of me talk to me. Don't talk to me. Just do your business and go because I want to go too. Don't talk yeah. to me. I don't want a whole small talk. No. Yeah. Man, I, I can't re- believe we're talking about supermarket. <laughs> yeah, man. That's oh, a beautiful thing. Day. I mean, we got to eat every day. And we, Dude, that's true. You know, when you cook at, I don't even like eating out at five stars anymore because see yeah, me what, either, you know. what people do <laughs> to food. Like my favorite steak, steak is Smith and Walensky and so I would I do it, I, 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 would, I would do it like very so uh, often now uh-huh. that, um, that I, I don't trust the food anymore because Every like I've been jinxed the last few times I got sick. <laughs> so you know what you need to watch. You need to watch this documentary on Netflix called Rats. Rats? Probably not Rats. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. Watch the documentary on Rats. It's going to change your perspective. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's why I cook at home. <laughs> <laughs> I eat fresh food. It's cheaper, and I cook it the way I want. I'm glad I know how to cook. Yeah, it's okay, first Fridays are back on. <laughs> I make I make wings. I make fresh egg rolls, not uh-huh. the not the, the um rat egg rolls. Mm. <laughs> and I and I'm half Chinese, and I'm gonna let you know that Chinese restaurants. I don't eat there. I stopped eating at Chinese restaurants. That's why so I said you gotta ago. watch rats. They'll take. They will Chinese people, man. You when you shop in the Chinese areas, uh, I'm talking about my own people. Mm-hmm. When you shop in like the Chinatown and stuff, their food is just exposed to people coughing over it. Yes, and, yes, and just touching it. Yes, and I'm like, nah. Their their standard, their health standards are totally different mm-hmm. than mine and, and a lot of other people. Sometimes well. you go into their restaurants and they're wearing open toe sandals. And yeah, like, and they and they don't wear hair nets. Ever. Yeah, yeah never. never. You get hair in your food sometimes, and it's just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, nah. Yeah. And, and the thing about it is that I know how to make Chinese food because I grew up on it not knowing it was Chinese food because it, I never I didn't eat out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just regular food. food. Yeah. It's Chinese. It and then the first time I had Chinese food, I was like, oh, this is what daddy makes. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the business practices of some people are just out of control, man. I just out of control. I do it myself, man. I make, I make, I can make pretty much everything, everything on the Chinese menu. A fu young. Uh, yeah, but everything that I like, I don't really like that. <laughs> but the lo mein, I can make. I can make sparrow tips, and of course, with the brown sauce is better than what they give you all first. They with the red Szechuan mm-hmm. is um. So that had to have been bad when you was growing up. Like kids never said to you, "Let me get a, a general Tiso chicken and shit like that." Uh, to you? On the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh okay. Wait a minute. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking, we're two weeks away for the first Friday. Oh yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, it's coming We're like out. two weeks away. So yeah, yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. All this, I'm like, today's date is twenty seconds. It's coming out. Let me see what day. The thirty first, the third. Said said actually, he's looking for a public invite. That's why I keep mentioning it. Here it goes. I'm gonna add you. I'm gonna add you to the to, to the group I have on Facebook. <laughs> okay. It's a private Facebook group. You got it. We, we, yeah, yeah. There you go. You got it. I'm gonna be like, yo. 
and on this menu. Bring the video camera too. Yeah, bring the video camera. You're gonna get some good stuff. And this. Oh my gosh! Some karaoke. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the vegetable egg rolls again. I'm gonna do the chicken egg rolls. Uh-huh. I'm gonna do two different ki- kinds of egg rolls. I'm gonna do two types of wings, probably. And um, as long as you have garlic in one of them. Yeah, I'm gonna do yes. like one garlic, garlic and pepper wing, and I'm gonna do one just a regular um, buffalo. I always do the garlic wings. So you usually have music playing too when you do. Yeah, these yeah, no, we do karaoke while that's while they're eating and and then and playing spades at the same time. We will be reporting this on the. Podcast and two. Maybe weeks. I could do a little Yachty track for karaoke. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, karaoke, you could do Yachty. We did Yachty. We did, we did broccoli. Let me tell you, that broccoli sounds like um, one of those close and play keyboards. Saying <laughs> something from Mr. Rogers. Let, let me ask a question because you, you just made me think of something when you did that. Oh, man. And, and no disrespect to Swizz when I, when I say this because this is the reason why I thought about it. Because I think that when Swizz started to what he became yeah. was complete like a complete not even 360 but like a what's 720 and 360 a 1080 as yeah. far as his production skills mm-hmm. are there any producers that um that that have that, that that you've known in the game not necessarily know but that started one way and you admire more so now because they grew because I I noticed a lot of producers don't really grow yeah. they might change but they don't grow yeah. is there any producers that, that, that you can look at and like oh, yeah, you've for, seen for them grow real. Pharrell, definitely. I have my Pharrell. favorite producers. Uh, Pharrell is one of them, and Timbaland. And I had the pleasure of working with both of them. Mm, nice. with Puff, uh, and I've seen both of them make beats from scratch, and it's just amazing because we all have our own techniques. Yeah, and they're geniuses, and um, they're humble as well. Uh, Pharrell is definitely um, rich. Yeah, <laughs> but he's very creative, and Tim, Tim, Tim is creative. And I think out of the new generation, I like Mike Will. Uh, Mike Mike Will is is dope to me. He um, he's very uh, diverse. Um, let me see who else knew. I like Swiss Beast, of course. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who's a new producer. Uh, I don't know any of the new producers. I'm not even gonna lie to you because <laughs> they all sound the same. Yeah, they all yeah. sound the same. <laughs> exactly. They have they use the same sounds and the same stuff. They, they don't change it up. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, uh, it's the same stuff, but. Now rappers have. Oh been yeah, there's one more new new guy too. Um, Jalil Beats. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Jalil yeah, Beats. yeah. I actually saw the action. Um, yeah, because this stuff sounds this. like hip hop, closest to yeah. hip hop than everyone mm-hmm. else. Now rappers, uh, especially from back in our era, yeah, that we really enjoyed rap, the golden era as they yeah. would call it. Uh, some some of them were told, you know what? There comes a time where you just got to put the microphone down, reinvent yourself, and do something else. Yeah, it's true. When when you're a rapper. Yeah. Do you think there's a time to just put the mic down and that's it? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a time because rap uh, and hip hop is a young culture. Okay. It's a very, very young culture, and um, you have to you every average human besides uh, the music industry changes their careers at least three times. It's okay. Been, um, it's documented. So. You're not gonna rap your whole life. Right. You have to reinvent yourself, or you're gonna have to create other businesses, or avenues, or platforms to do other things. Mm-hmm. Because as a rapper, you are an entrepreneur. You're self-employed. You're working for yourself. You're managing your own business. You're taking financial risks, which are which is the definition of an entrepreneur. So, uh, they uh, rappers definitely uh, need to. There, there is a cutoff limit. 
Okay. Cut off time and you need to expand and grow. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate. What do you say about Jay-Z? Yeah, Jay-Z is expanding. He expanded. No, but he's still rapping though. And still yeah, one of yeah, the best. yeah. Yeah, no, he's still rapping and he's still I mean, but, I mean, he, but he's doing other things and yeah. he's doing something in addition to just rapping. Not yeah. saying that he's just a rapper all his life. No, he became the entrepreneur saying, yeah. okay. and then he he's prov- proven to be a successful entrepreneur. And then he's doing other things, but he's still rapping. Now he's not using rap as his main thing. Rap he's doing because he love it. Yeah. It's like me with music. There's gonna be a time where I'm gonna stop making commercial music, but I'm not gonna stop doing music. Right. Because I love it and music is in me. And now that I that I became a professor, I'm never gonna quit that. Right. I'm gonna retire as a professor. Okay. Because I deal with music just like I do in the industry, but I'm teaching it now. And I'm still making beats in every class, which is another way of pushing the culture forward. Yeah, which yeah, is beautiful. Yeah, being, yeah, that's one of my that was my one of my obje- objectives was to be proactive uh, and back my words up and not mm-hmm. just say it on Facebook, but actually do it. And um and it's, and it's working so far. It's great. And I have all of my students look up to me, and 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 they're wonderful kids. And I'm not even gonna say kids because I I teach half graduate level classes, so. My um my students are are soaking all the knowledge up, and um I believe that they are actually going to be successful with it because I can pick out talent and I can pick out entrepreneurs very easy. Okay, it doesn't take me long at all, and they have the spirit. A lot of my students have that spirit, and they have everything. They have the the the, the uh, energy. They have. Everything it takes besides the full knowledge, and that's what I'm giving them the knowledge now. And once they have that, they're going to, it's going to complete that circle, and they're going to take it and run with it. Can you see that by just looking at a person without speaking to them? Like this person can be something, or this person is an entrepreneur. Well, it not, it takes a, a little bit of time. I I can because I, I never judge a book by its cover. In other words, no. Yeah, <laughs> it takes it takes a little talking with them, right? You know, so I can see where their mind is and and see what they understand. Because um, being an entrepreneur is a mental state, right? You have to mentally be an entrepreneur before you can physically be one. And um, some questions I ask, can I can figure that out? And right. then if I, you know, and if I see what you do or see what you've been doing, then I, of course, I would know. But, uh, yeah, like the student I just had the, the other day, my first class was last week, by the way. So um, just talking to some of the students in my first class, I can um, I know that that's going to be a successful group coming out. I asked that question because do you think maybe said can come in as a guest speaker? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what what, 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 would, what would be dope? Yeah, I think. I have, this, a, lot of, I have a lot of knowledge. <laughs> no, Seth definitely has a lot of knowledge. Uh-huh. He has Seth has a lot of stuff that people couldn't pay for. Right. You know, it, it, wisdom. Right. Yep. Is one. The Good. knowledge is you can go to college, but the wisdom you can't pay for. Exactly. And you can't pay for resources either. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tell them. That's why resources are very valuable and important. Because you have a million dollars. If someone doesn't like you because you screwed them over, they you couldn't buy that friendship back. Never. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? So never. Yeah. So um, resources are are very important, and, and just being uh, just just respecting that. Sometimes tact works wonders. Mm-hmm. 
and, and I tell people sometimes that you, you know we can know the same thing, but if you go about things in a different way, then I go about things, and you rub somebody the wrong way or you say it in the wrong way, they're gonna yeah. look at you like, yeah, you're knowledgeable, but you're a fucking asshole, and I don't want to yeah. deal with well, you. Actually, you said taught me that. So just, yeah, because you are an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> not as much as you were before. I'm, but, you know, yeah, you, I'm you, learning. You're, you're I'm learning. More, a little bit more subtle asshole. I'm, I'm too passionate. That's what it is. I'm so much of a team player, no, and I'm so passionate. Passion. You're just, just an asshole. Yeah, that too. People like to, to to use other words to make themselves look better. No, you're an asshole. No. I'm a passionate asshole. <laughs> well, that okay. Yeah, I could agree with that. You know. But a great oh, team player. But yeah, you know another thing too. I wanted to address about the gen- generation. Besides them uh, saying that we're old, a lot of people don't can't um, respect criticism, and they say. Uh, mis- misconstrue criticism for hate. That's yeah. why little Yachty blocked you. I believe so. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they let's say, call him oh, right now. <laughs> yeah, let's call him. Put him on the phone. I want to talk to him because I really want to say, you know, Yachty, I can really help your career, and I'll do it for free. Right. Just buy my book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, but keep your publishing. Yeah. Don't you keep your publishing? Just read my book. And he said, nobody gonna buy your book. <laughs> He's, oh yeah, matter of yeah, fact, he said, "F your book." And the first thing that came to my mind was Rick James. Be, he, well, he could know. even he could even he could even spell fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was Damn, I was yeah. dying to first. What came in my head was like it was a pile of books on the floor, and he was just stomping on them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what came to my head when he Looking said, "Looking like that. C. Dolores Tucker." <laughs> I was like, "Ooh, he's mad, <laughs> very mad." <laughs> and I laughed even harder. I, I I know we've been talking for some time, and um. Is there anything else that you'd like to, you know, talk about specifically um, um, or just touch on? Well, just um, really um, about the academia, about pursuing that and just actually I never thought I was going to be a teacher, a professor or a lecturer or anything. That's a blessing. Like that. And yeah, and I just developed the passion over time. And then once I put myself out there that I was uh, – pursuing academia then I got offers from a lot of places right. like like um, I had a shot at Berkeley College of Music which is the number one school in, yeah, my in brother the world went there. my older brother went there yeah it's, Berkeley is great I went up there and did a presentation um, I did a lot of um, uh, uh, lectures for a lot of other colleges and universities and um, and I really have the passion for it so that's the first thing I always tell people before you pursue anything or to be successful at something, you got to make sure you have the passion for it, then you will be successful. Yes. So I thought about teaching for a while, but until I developed that passion, I didn't really pursue it. Right. And now that I pursued it, I feel that I am great at teaching. Beautiful. And um, that's one of the things that I take pride in, and I, and, and, and I love it. So that's why I say I'm never going to stop teaching, and hopefully I can just remain at Long Island University and just stay there. I don't even want to. I love LIU because it's so diverse. Uh, a lot of minorities go there, and they take their education a lot more serious than. Oh shit! It cost a lot. They better take it serious. <laughs> <laughs> than a lot of other colleges um, that are spoil, have spoiled kids like NYU or maybe let's say Berkeley. Their 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 tuition is like sixty grand a year, and um, LIU is not that high, but. Sixty grand a year um, to afford that they don't they feel like they have the upper hand on the professors and they don't really you know you know respect their you know anything they don't really pay attention. <laughs> it's a hustle. I've seen it. I mean, I've I've been in classes at LIU and just sat in 
and watch people just straight up on Facebook while the professor is teaching and just not even paying attention with headphones right. on. Because they're using daddy's money. Exactly. And, you know, they probably have a position in the company already, so they're just doing it as a formality. Yeah, yeah mm. that's what they're doing. So I love LIU because everyone there wants to be there, right. and they ask questions, and they really love learning. And that's why I can't speak to, like, a wall because it's not fulfilling for me. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Yeah. That's cool. So we definitely thank um, Mr. Tony Dofat. Not Dofat, not Tony, but Tony Dofat. Got to say it in one word. Yeah, Tony Dofat. Um, then it should go sound podcast. I am Big Said. Wait, you want people to follow you on social media? I mean, I don't want them to ask oh, about yeah. First Friday. Social media is uh, so. at Tony Dofat. Everything is at Tony Dofat. It's T O N Y D O F A T. F is in Frank A T. That's Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, Facebook is producer Tony Dofat. That's my public page. And then. My private page is Tony Dofat, but private page is uh, private. filled up. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't really. But 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 I I, I leave a lot of things um, open so you can read a lot of my uh, posts on Facebook. But everything else is um my LinkedIn is Tony Dofat. Everything is Tony Dofat. No nicknames, no nothing. Just uh, Tony Dofat. Was that a dig at me because I call myself Big Said? Do you want to do it? No. You want to do uh, what we did a couple weeks ago? We do a Tony Doe fatism and then a sadism. <laughs> yeah, he might overshadow me again. <laughs> so so l- let him go. Yeah. All right. I gotta. I gotta. Um, oh, you know what? I have a whole list of things. <laughs> <laughs> I have books right here. Coincidentally. <laughs> okay. Let me see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have... And this is from the Business and Fundamentals of Music Production. Industry quotes. I have 50 or 100 of them. All right, now, I'm just going to... All right, so I'm going to say just the first one. Treat everyone with respect because in this this industry, an assistant can eventually become your boss. True indeed. Very true. And, Sadism. And, and, and now that the rookie has spoken, <laughs> no, let me stop. <laughs> because he has 50 to 100. I had that last Tuesday. No, let me stop. <laughs> I think the, the one I'm about to say is like perfect for you know the topics we were talking about and the person that we have as a guest. And the sadism for this week is, the best idea is usually a genuine, unforced one. I've done my best work when I wasn't even trying. Only creative people know this. Sadism. Okay, props. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Mr. Dof- excuse me, Mr. Tony Dofat. Yeah, Tony Dofat. Um, <laughs> the next time you'll, you'll, you'll hear me talk about Tony Dofat is when my stomach is a little bit bigger. <laughs> and I have it on on film. Wait, well, they don't even film anymore. I have it on video. The karaoke. I said it on purpose. I said it wrong on purpose. But once again, Industry Co-Sign, this is Big Said. Kurt Sparks. Tony Dofat. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. And thanks for tuning in.